Blog Talk Radio. Switches. My name is Raina Starr. For the evening, I have the amazing, wonderful Evo Dominguez Jr. But before I bring Evo on, oh, stop laughing at me. <laughs> he likes to tease. Um, Desperate House Switches is not a GPG or even an R rated show. So if bad language probably functions, anything I might say might offend you. That's the way it goes, Pumpkin. You've been warned. Desperate House Switches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible, wicked one herself. The wonderful Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Dorothy is currently selling through the end of January her 2021 Home Blessing ornaments. You can buy them one at a time, but you know Auntie Raina always tells you balls come in pairs. Buy two. You're going to want them. And if you need that shipped overseas, check out theconjureshop.com, theconjureshop, all one word, .com. And if you go to the bottom of that webpage, they will tell you how to get Dorothy's products shipped overseas. All right. Without any further ado, Evo Dominguez, my love, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I, I had a health scare uh, a while back, but uh, I'm all better now, more or less, and uh, ready to take over the universe, I think. Yes. After, <laughs> as, as an extrovert who's been locked up for a year... <laughs> Uh, when we finally uh, can uh, go to events again, I'm going to be at every single one. You know, and I wanted to ask you a question about that, too. Sure. Because I have found that a lot of folks who thought they were introverts wound up being extroverts, and a lot of people who thought they were extroverts wound up being introverts. For example, I found that even though I consider myself an extrovert, I kind of liked the peace and quiet this year. So that kind of struck me as a little bit odd. It's not really part of my personality as a norm. Maybe things are balancing out. But have you found anything shifting in your personality as far as, you know, have you gotten to enjoy any of the quiet? Have you... Uh, you know, you're a teacher and, and an astrologer and you do all these things and you have right. these wonderful guided meditations that I have to throw in there because they saved my life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you've done all kinds of great things this year. Have you noticed any shifts in yourself? I have, though not not of the sort that, you're, uh, that some other folks may have because, I, I, honestly, I will say that uh, I live in, in 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 paradise or the fairy realm or wherever else you want to think of it because, I mean, I live literally in the middle of the woods across from a state forest. My nearest neighbors mm-hmm. are, are are members of my tradition or or coven mates. The nearest Lovely. neighbor who is the nearest neighbor who is not uh, pagan is uh, like three quarters of a mile away. Mm. So um, I kind of live in the equivalent of a pagan gathering all the time. So I have lots of solitude. And and honestly, during COVID, it's been great because for me, walking outside hasn't changed anything uh, unless I leave the the property or the compound, if you want to think of it that way. 
I live my normal sure. life. Um, we've been Love doing life. a lot of stuff with Zoom, which is good. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yes, uh, uh, Jim and I decided that we were going to record uh, all those pathworkings for the holidays and some moons and other things because we figured there'd be a lot of people out there that would want to have something um, more uh, since uh, events weren't possible. But I'll tell you what I miss, and and I'm I'm a very much a hugger. Um, I mean, honestly, yeah. uh, you know, first-generation Cuban, everybody hugs and touches all the time, and I'm accustomed yeah. to that. And though I'm yeah. always cautious and mindful to make sure that people at events uh, want or don't want to be hugged, nonetheless, Correct. I miss that kind of human contact. And um, I – so that there have been a number of people that, I, that I've lost this year to death – uh, a number of people who've uh, moved to other countries or things like that. And it, and it seems surreal to um, have that kind of separation occur when there's no closure. Yeah. So so what I do find is, and, and some people say, oh, yeah, that's typical of him, and other people are going to say, I would never believe that, is that I have, you know, I, I, you know a sappy movie comes on uh, on Netflix and I'm crying like a baby. Oh, my so God, I, me too. So, so I have found that um, I, or even thinking about people, um, I'm more prone to be emotional because I really, in, in this case, I'm going to say absence does make the heart grow, grow fonder. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think I've uh, discovered more about how I feel about various, you know, people and things in my life. But in a lot of ways, you know, some people say, well, you know, you've got it perfect there. It's like, yes, and I am so happy and I am so blessed in a thousand and one ways. And um, I really crave uh, real-life human contact. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was at a funeral today, and it was somebody that I've known almost 30 years, and, uh, you know, she passed suddenly. And I haven't seen her in, per- in, in person for over a year. I mean, we talked wow. about once a week on the phone. But it, it creates a strange kind of liminal thing that somebody that's been a part of your life is gone, and, and you weren't there for that process. Yeah. So anyway, must be odd. It is odd. It is odd. Though I, I will say that I've gotten a lot of uh, in-house writing. A lot of people don't see uh, a good chunk of my work because it's directed towards people in my tradition or teaching for the covens in my tradition. So uh, it's mm-hmm. been really fruitful and creative time for that kind of in-house stuff. Now that eventually ends up being, you know, modified a bit and turned into public material. But it's been a very creative year, and I've, I've done a lot more painting. I've done a lot more creative stuff um, simply because I wasn't waiting at an airport to go somewhere. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> so you've got you've actually had more time because you haven't been traveling. I like the fact that I haven't uh, had to go anywhere to visit people because everybody's been doing the Zoom thing. But don't you find that wearing after a while? Because like you said, you know, folks like us who like to hug people have been really kind of stymied this year. And I'm afraid, like, once once we can hug people, we're going to be hugging everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what's more exhausting for me. And it's kind of like a, a necessity. I do a fair number of readings, uh, consultations, and also mentoring sessions via Zoom or Skype. And in the yeah. past, those didn't bother me. But now I've already, like, used up my quota of uh, 
stand, uh, sitting, standing, walking around a camera, talking to somebody for already earlier in the day. So that, and in some ways, I'm always stressed out when I'm going to be doing a reading for someone or a consultation or a one-on-one mentoring session because I want to give them the best I can. Sure. So, so I have to like psych myself up and uh, uh, suck up extrovert energy from weird places. Like uh, I've, I've taken to jumping on places like YouTube or Spotify, picking a song that I like that I know a bunch of other people like, and listening to it and trying to tune into and draw energy off of the excitement of people listening to music that we enjoy in common. Nice. Very and nice. that's kind of like what I do before a big ritual or before an important Zoom session is I'll actually spend some time listening to music that's streaming with the hope of tuning in to other people that are having the same reaction to the music. That's interesting. I'm not sure and I understand I find how it, it actually works. Helps. It's interesting. I find it helps. Oh, yeah. So is it music? Is it like specifically ritual music? No, God, no. That you're listening uh, to? No, because oh, that would actually okay. that would actually confuse my, whatever I'm about to do. It'd be like uh, uh, mixing an ingredient or having it stuck in my head while I'm doing something else. So, it's like, uh, what was I listening to earlier today? Oh, uh, t- today was was listening to uh, acapella groups. So I was listening to a lot of uh, pentatonics and home free. Oh, they're great! Uh, yeah, pentatonics yeah. is my favorite. They're yeah, they're they're fabulous. Wow. And you know, and and, and tomorrow, it, it it I may go down the uh, rabbit hole of old B fifty two songs. <gasps> oh my god! But the <laughs> but the point is, right? You know, and I actually got yeah, to see them live in concert at the University of Delaware when I was a young pup before they were famous. Oh my god. Wow, I never yeah. saw them live, but oh my god, I I grew up on that stuff. B fifty two, fantastic stuff. Oh jeez, <laughs> well, uh, time travel. Uh, well, uh, I was fortunate in that regard. I mean, George Thorogood and the Destroyers uh, were a local band. Actually, the bass player was the brother of uh, one of my high priestesses' uh, uh, lovers, and mm-hmm. uh, the Ramones used to play in town of all people. Yeah, so, I actually was raised with those characters. Yeah. yeah. So, but but, but I find that uh, plugging into people that are enjoying something in common, and I, I I'm pretty sure at any given moment, if I'm listening to a song on Spotify or YouTube uh, of the kind that I just mentioned, there are at least a dozen other people listening in that very same instant. Hmm. Okay. I never Globally, thought about that. I'm on right. YouTube all day. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm actually so so I just I try to tune into the energy, and I find it very invigorating. If but I but I always, I pick things that are completely unrelated to the work I'm about to do, so that it doesn't uh, have any crosstalk or bleed over. Interesting. Huh. Wow. I'm not even. That doesn't even occur to me. See, you're so creative. It takes a creative mind to be able to do that and to be able to pick things out that way. I'm fascinated, I'll give, actually. I'll give you, I'll give you a, another fun trick that's a, kind of like a, a corollary or, or a tangent off of that. Okay. Um, so uh, we all have our own ways of drawing up energy or bringing energy from the universe or from beings or whatever it is we work with. And it's, it tends yeah. to be uniquely us, how we do it. 
But sometimes we need a little extra, like, uh, and, and like I'll have a friend say, oh, well, I'm going to send you some energy, or, or so no, and I say, no, 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 stand next to me and raise energy while, while I listen and pay attention. And I try to t- feel, hear, see, sense, whatever you want to say, how it is that they are yeah. connecting to their powers, and then I try to see if I can mimic it in myself, and usually what it ends up being is it's a whole other layer, whole other channel, whole other way that is parallel to what I do so that, it, so that I can borrow uh, a method for bringing in extra energy for a while by mimicking them. It's sort of like standing next to somebody who knows a song yeah. and following along with them. But I find that that's Got a good it. way to, to, to bring in energy that is of a kind that is already waiting all around you, but you'd never think to pick it up because it doesn't have your name on it. That's true. That's very cool. Wow, I'm going to have to try that. I practice solitary, but I think, you know, even as a solitary, I do ritual, even if it's by myself. And sometimes I need something to shift my perspective for whatever reason, if I'm having a bad day or um, I'm not in the mood, even though I know I have to do it. And I'm going to borrow that technique and, and see if I can borrow that kind of energy because you're right anytime you're listening to something mm-hmm. guaranteed at least at least one other person is out there listening absolutely so yeah i think that's pretty fantastic i am going to borrow that when i'm having trouble focusing which i find happens a lot lately i find that i'm having trouble focusing i know other folks have told me that they're having trouble focusing um, yep. I know that you know you have you have done some yep. guided things that really saved me this year, and I really appreciate that. Can you tell folks about that a little bit? Yeah, and and, and honestly, I've gotten really very little feedback about them. Um, but but basically, really? uh, yeah, yeah. But basically, uh, early on in this whole process, uh, Jim and I um, decided that uh, we'd create these path workings, one for each of the eight holidays and throw in a, a full moon, maybe a dark moon, eventually uh, a spell work uh, for clearing the mind, et cetera. And so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I jot it on my calendar, write the path working. We write the path working. Um, he reads it and records it. I then uh, clean it up, add uh, recordings of chants that our covens have done and sound effects that I dream up and it's it's halfway between a path working and uh, uh, and, and pagan uh, uh, radio theater. Uh-huh. Because I had a, you know it's not heavy handed, but there's enough sound effects so it feels like you're in a different space. But I felt that oh, we had a beautiful. need we had a need for uh, for people to have the equivalent of attending an open ritual or going someplace without having to leave the house. And yeah. and they were set up as free content because right now I think everybody needs every little bit of help they can get. Much and appreciated. We're probably going to continue yeah. doing it for a while past uh, uh, whenever this begins to clear up. I actually have a, a, a like a whole folder on my hard drive of other kinds of pathworkings that aren't holidays or moons or whatnot that we might throw up on online as well. But it's also fun for for us to do because it's a project the two of us can do together while we're you know. Stuck here at home. Yeah, I think that's great that you have stuff you can do together. I find a lot of folks don't have that, um, so it's very nice when when you're able to do it. Um, while we're talking about stuff you've been doing, let's talk about um, your upcoming book. 
Yeah, um, it, technically it's a June 1st release date, which honestly nowadays uh, probably means end of May uh, because they, oh, they, yeah. always, they always pad things a little bit to be safe. But it, mm-hmm. it's the four elements of the wise is the book. And um, uh, some people are really excited about it, and some people are having the reaction of, so do we really need another book about the four elements? And, and my answer was, well, maybe we do, because in, in a lot of regards, uh, so much of the material and is, is very uh, uh, 101-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, or... Um, only explores the four elements as kind of like a side note, or even the ones that are focused completely on them. Don't explore the possibilities of a, a, of uh, the nature of the beings themselves, the are the elementals, or those uh, collective consciousnesses that uh, we may think of as the uh, focal points, the, the leadership, the elemental kings and queens or monarchs. If I prefer the term monarch because it's not gendered, and honestly I don't really feel the elements particularly are. But right. it explores them in a way that if you were an absolute beginner, it would be a bit of a slog, but it's set up so that you could actually start at the beginning of the book, and by the end of the book, you're dealing with the elements as actual building blocks of the universe and taking them seriously that way. Um, you're looking at how they are impacting on every kind of magic that you might do or healing work that you might do or herbalism you might do. It really is a soup-to-nuts um, beginning-to-end uh, journey through the elements. And enough history so that we have a starting point, enough suggestion about how ultimately, if, if, if looked at properly, the four elements becoming uh, ether, spirit, uh, the quintessences, really part of the process of spiritual evolution. So there's also a bit that veers into more metaphysical teachings about how these lead to wisdom as opposed to simply being uh, tech that we work with in our magic. So I'm hoping uh-huh. people uh, like it. I'm hoping that uh, it uh, becomes uh, useful in the kind of thing that they pu- people pull off the shelf when they have to double-check an idea. But honestly... Uh-huh. Um, I'm already writing the next one after this one, so <laughs> for me, ultimately, it's about it's about creating books that I can have available so that uh, the people that uh, are either in my tradition or the people that are out there that uh, are trying to uh, learn and create their own magical path have material that they can actually learn why, how, and more because I, I think that. There's a difference between viewing this as a science and viewing this as an art and viewing this as a a, a kind of religious lore. I mean, some things are neat. Uh-huh. It's good to pass down things so that people repeat the way they have been done for the sake of of continuity of cultural perspective or the idea of a tradition and lore. But ultimately, right. I think we're all magical explorers. And the more we can imagine why something might work or what, or what it's connected to, then it becomes possible to create new things out of what uh, was old and tired. So if you think you're bored of the elements, I challenge you to read this book because you won't be. You know, I, I just, I, I don't know why, but I'm like really taken aback that people would even say the word bored. I mean, because every time somebody attempts something, Yep. whether it's elementals or any kind of magic or yep. any kind of path, yep. you know, as we get more, in, it, it's kind of, it reminds me of 
when, you know, some folks say, oh, well, you know, the CDC doesn't know what they're doing as far as COVID because the information keeps changing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Nothing's changed. It's evolved. Things evolve. Information evolves, okay? So when people say bored or they say old hat or it's already been done or any of those things that are pretty negative, it's kind of like, are you at the same level of knowledge now that you were as a 10-year-old? Things change. Information changes. Information evolves. There are new ways to doing things. There's new ways to looking at things. That's why when somebody says, oh, well, you know, you talk to somebody about such and such already, and it's like, and I will talk to every person who wants to talk about a book they've written about it. So there you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, you could, have, you, you, could have ten, you could have ten authors uh, who are, have written books on Tarot uh, come on ten mm-hmm. nights in a row, and you'd have completely different interviews. Even, if, even if, you all, if, if you ask all of them, tell me what you think is uh, the, the uh, inner meaning of, of the Three of Cups. Right. And they'd all come up with something completely different and valid and all interconnected. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm granted not everyone's style of writing is for everyone. I get that. Sure. I mean, sure. you know, but by the same token, to discount something because it's been written about previously is really short-sighted in my opinion. That's I'm kind I kind of find that offensive because, you know, talking to people about their books is what I do. And it's right. like, why would you discount that from anyone, especially somebody very well respected? I I find that a little bit offensive, but you know, that's just but you know, know a pain uh, in the ass anyway. But but <laughs> at any given moment, the thing that allows uh, something new to come forth is the combination of that individual and mm-hmm. the zeitgeist, the culture, the history, everything that's happening in that moment in time and space, flowing through that person is what's going to make that book or that workshop or that interview different. Uh, yes. I mean, if you really, if you really sure. want to think about it, uh, some kinds of insights can only happen if the cultural milieu, the cultural background allows that person to make, that, make those connections and make an insight. Right. Absolutely. So, I found you know, it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I, 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 I just can can go off, and it's kind of like whenever I, uh, when somebody starts reading books on astrology because they've decided they want to get serious about astrology. Uh huh. They get bored, but I, but I, I continue giving the warning. Every time you pick up a book on astrology, try to find out something about the background of the author. What century did they live in? What decade did they live in? Do you do you know anything about their their educational background, their religious background, their cultural background? Because I can swear to you that all those things are going to shape how they interpret each of the planets, the signs, the houses, and everything else in between. Yeah. Well, not only that, but you know, like last year, before mm-hmm. COVID really hit. I yeah. noticed that there were several people writing about shadow work. All yes. of a sudden, shadow work became the hot topic. And now the pandemic hit, and now everyone wants to deal with shadow work. And it's like, 
I have tons of writers who wrote about it a year ago and just got their books released. They didn't know a pandemic was coming. So don't just, you know, that my, my point is don't just, you know, don't just disregard something out of hand because you think it's been done before. You know, everything has a valid point and you may actually really need this at the point that it's released. I see it happen all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's got to so. be said in a way that works for you. Yeah, of and, course. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I, I will not name the author of the book, but there's something that is almost unreadable to me. Other people like it, but mm-hmm. I, just, I, I read fast normally, but I'm reading this book like maybe three or four pages a day, and then I have to put it on the shelf so that, so that you know, I can chew and chew and chew and force myself to swallow. I don't agree with any of the person's points, but I uh-huh. recognize that it's a serious and important book. Yeah. So, so, so you also have to develop a habit of of sometimes deciding that you're going to uh, work your way through something, even if it doesn't uh, sound the way that you view the world to be, or or presents things in a way that uh, isn't quite the way you want it, but you've been told by people that you trust that there's going to be something of value in it. And I believe mm-hmm. this, I'll, I'll, I'll be grateful that I will, when I finish it, but even if you find that something is, is a terrible drudgery to read, but it's well-written, mm-hmm. honestly, uh, I, don't, I, I can tell you that I am not fond of, of sit-ups or push-ups, but I will do them. Yeah, I, I I get the analogy, but I mean because if I don't do sit-ups, my back gets unhappy. I've got to keep my core muscles. Yeah, going. sure. Now, 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 if you have a, a delightful friend, uh, a friend Gwendolyn Reese, who uh, she probably doesn't know yet, but she's going to be revered as 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 a holy woman. We'll have little icons on candles for her, you know, years, decades from <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. She she's an academic. She she's a doctor, mm-hmm. Gwendolyn Reese. She uh, will read these heavy, horribly thick tomes, and then mm-hmm. she will summarize the things that she thinks are important, not in a book report fashion, but basically a study guide fashion. And then she'll yeah. share them as an attachment with her friends, um, so that we can decide if after reading her notes whether or not we want to tackle said thing. Oh, I love her. Isn't that a, isn't that a lovely gift? Oh, I wish I had a friend like that. Mm. I'm yeah. less disciplined in that regard, I, but I do what I call shopping for ideas. And Because mm-hmm. I like to shop, but, you know, there is such a thing as uh, keeping a budget. But this shopping sure. is relatively free. Uh, I'll notice friends yeah. that, are, that are poking around trying to do something. They're studying something. They're designing something, a ritual, a chant. They're, they're r- trying to write a book, whatever. And I'll run across something that I think is just up their alley or a piece of information they're looking for, and I'll email them or direct message them or, or private message them in some way saying, hey, you might want to take a look at this. And that's my favorite kind of shopping when I find bits of of, of of ideas or art or music or stuff that somebody else might make good use of, and I can you know drop it in their inbox. That's beautiful. You know, I I read a lot. I have to yep. um, because I have a lot of folks that would like to be on the show, and 
there are a lot of things I read that never make it to the show, and folks don't really know that because I'm doing a reading. Because, um, <laughs> you know, not every not everything is for everyone, and, you know, sure. I have to consider the audience. I mean, my obviously, I'm the ultimate decision maker about my show, but... Right. I want something that, you know, people are interested in, folks that people are interested in, people that I feel like I can have a conversation with. Not everyone is like that. And I'm very lucky in that regard. But, yeah, there's a lot of – I mean, folks think I just, you know, book people and they show up. It doesn't really work that way. <laughs> um, I do get background information and I do some studying and I do some research because no one really hands you anything in this world. And it helps right. to do your own checking, you know, and I was – lucky enough to meet you a number of years ago at Mystic South. So, yep. you know, I've always been very fond of you and you've always been very kind to me, which I've always appreciated. Um, but yeah, not everyone that shows up necessarily makes it. And I am probably not as disciplined as I should be as far as what I find um, interesting. I find that there's there are folks that are um, a little too uh, over my head, and I'm, you know, I'm a college graduate. I'm, you know, I'm nobody spectacular. I just, I have an education, and I was very lucky to get it. Um, but there are some things that are still above my head, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. So, you know, I, I have to take a lot of things into consideration, and when you find that somebody is willing to share information like that and maybe, you know, give you a heads up as to is this something you'd like to pursue or not, I find that an amazing thing to have in one's life because yeah. – Research takes time, and I don't know about most folks, but I'll have a lot of it. I'm older, you know, I'm almost 60. I'm, I'm cranking along as best as I can. So when someone shares information, I consider it a true blessing. Um, and that's quite lovely. Um, but, yeah, so to have somebody who actually, you know, does things and kind of reports back on what they find is, is pretty cool. Um, but I also wanted to talk about what's happening Monday because it's actually my best friend's birthday, and she's all excited because of this Jupiter Saturn conjunction thing happening. Right, right. And you're you're my you're my person for this. So what is it? What's happening? What kind of energy are we expecting? Please enlighten me because I know nothing. So I'm going to start with a general thing, and that is that that the that. Uh, Astrological occurrences, even one as rare and powerful in this one, doesn't make anyone do anything. What it does do is it sets the stage. Uh, imagine, imagine. Uh, 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 let's let's actually go with the stage idea. Imagine that you've got a blank stage, and somebody comes in and begins to turn on the lights and put some colored gels on them and splashes them across in a couple of places, puts some pieces of furniture in place. Sets a sets a backdrop. Uh, you know, get a, gets a painter to quickly do a scene in the background. Puts some uh, flowers, some fruit, and some stuff on the table, and sets a number x number of chairs. And then you throw in a bunch of people that are an improv troupe. But you know what? Simply by the colors of the lights and the objects on on the uh, table and the scenery in the background, you kind of like are priming them to behave or improvise in particular ways. Mm-hmm. I'm going to suggest that even though I believe that 
astrology is uh, probably one of the most important of the sacred sciences and un- underutilized in the pagan community or magical community. It's important to realize that when when something like the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction happens, it happens um, at the level of subtle influence that will play for years, and in this case, decades, in this case, actually 200 years, so that it's about a setting, uh, a stage, and people are going to behave and and react in the following way. Now, imagine now we've got a drummer drumming softly in the background. After a time, everybody on that stage, whether they're dancing or talking or doing anything, their motions, their, their cadence, everything about them is going to be subtly shifting towards following that beat. So, mm-hmm. subtle but powerful and therefore has the greatest impact on human culture because it's not even a question of, well, if that's what it's going to make me do, I'm going to head in the other direction. You're not even aware of the way you're being influenced. But here's uh-huh. the thing. Saturn and Jupiter are about how we structure society, our laws, our belief systems, our sense of what's just, our sense of of what's uh, equitable, our sense of expansion and contraction, pessimism and optimism, um, uh, perhaps a middle way in between that's kind of like an enlightened pragmatism. So when uh, Jupiter and Saturn come together, it is a time that sets the stage for um, how um, society will turn left or turn right, or it doesn't, in, it doesn't make one kind of society come into being or one kind of politics behave, be favored over another, but what it says is we are now pouring concrete, and whatever you sign uh, with your finger on that concrete is likely to stay for a while. So it's, it's, a, it's or we have now reached a major intersection, or we are now on the on-ramp to I-95, and we're not going to have any exits for quite a few years. So if you want to get on or off, it's going to be a while. So you better uh, make sure you're heading in the right direction. So it is a time when you see cultural change, political change, economic change, physical change. Um, this has an impact mm-hmm. on, on um, biology as well. The big thing with this one, besides the fact that it's on the winter solstice, which is also a big deal, is that um, Jupiter and Saturn will be making a conjunction in Aquarius. But really what's important is that it's a conjunction in an air sign. So Jupiter and Saturn conjunctions follow a pattern where for 20 years they'll conjunct, and every time that they, uh, for a 200-year cycle, they're going to be conjuncting in the same element. So for the next 200 years, Every time that Jupiter and Saturn get back together, mm-hmm. guess what? It's, 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 in, guess it's what? in an air sign. So wow. You get ten con- so you get ten conjunctions in a row in each. Uh, in each, The signs vary, but it's the same element. So you have ten conjunctions in a given element, and then it changes over. This, the other name for this particular event is called the grand mutation. Now, mm. mutation doesn't just means change doesn't tell you what kind of mutation it will be. But what I'm going right? But it's also part of an 800-year cycle because it takes 800 years for these Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions to um, cycle through all the elements. So on the one hand, some people are pointing out it's a small thing. Jupiter and Saturn get together all the time. Yeah, right. Not all the time, but, uh, uh, you know, just a couple of decades, right? 
Ah, right. but we're but this is what we're doing for the next two hundred years: conjunctions in air. Oh boy! So that's yeah. a big deal. Now people go, oh, that's fabulous. Air means people will be more rational and reasonable. Are you kidding me? No. No, 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 I'm a no. Conjunct- Absolutely no, not. No, air, air just means that the way that we will process things um, culturally yeah. will incline to be in an air style of doing things. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yes, no. Oh, yes, I do. But, but, so I, I can tell you what, what uh, we're encouraging people to do in our tradition, because it is a big deal. It is a really big deal. Yeah. We're encouraging people that day to do one or two purification things, and we, you know, suggest we had a list of things we suggested. But honestly, everybody's got their own purification method, methods. And after that, pull out your cards, pull out your runes, pull out your yarrow stalks, whatever kind of divination you do, and ask for advice mm-hmm. on how how best to uh, view this as a productive beginning of a new cycle of growth. Because the other thing to look at it is, if we look at the energy of Jupiter is, is uh, optimism, and Saturn tends to be practical or real or pessimistic, depending on the take on it. Well, when they're mm-hmm. conjunct, their energies are blended, so that if you are, imagine doing uh, cleanup and do divination at a time when there is a balance point between being too hopeful and being too pessimistic. Oh, boy. You're, you're yeah. more likely to get better, better uh, more useful, more productive answers if you're doing that kind mm-hmm. of work when you are in a place where that which calls for um, jovial, happy, happy, joy, joy is in balance with Saturn's uh, I'm a big bummer. Yeah. It yeah, helps you not go too far into one extreme or the other. Or the other. I mean, Jupiter has dreams and visions in the big picture, which is necessary, but everybody who's done anything in life knows that without the Saturn, uh, Saturn's also like uh, a drill sergeant or one of those, uh, or an Olympic sports coach that uh, pushes you for perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, if anybody who's been an artist, a writer, a creative person, um, just a human being trying to do the best in the world realizes that there's a balance point between that hopeful, expansive nature and that requirement to actually do the work and, and do it well because working in the physical plane means you got to deal with matter and Saturn's all about, you know, the limits and shape of matter. Yeah. So it's going I'm to be hopeful. interesting. I'm hopeful because, <laughs> I, because I know uh, I am going to do my best that day to figure out what my next steps are. Right. And honestly, that's, yeah. that's the best way to approach all this. And for people who have been, I've been seeing memes and articles about Age of Aquarius stuff. Mm-hmm. And how, oh, this is officially the entry point. There is no such thing as an official entry no. point into the Age of Aquarius. <laughs> all right, it, it's a real thing. It is a real thing. However, so if, if, uh, if, if let's, let's pretend that we're uh, getting up bright and early because we're going to watch the sunrise, and we get up extra early just to be sure. Now, mm-hmm. all right, I've, the sky is now turning uh, pretty colors. Uh, okay, but I can't see the sun yet, so it's not sunrise. Okay, I, I see a tiny bit of the sun peeking up over the horizon. Is it sunrise? Well, maybe. No, no, no. Is it? I've got to wait until the sun is halfway above and halfway below. That's when sunrise is. Or is it when the disk of the sun is just barely touching the horizon but is fully in the sky? When is 
or it's like trying to define when does dusk end or begin. Ultimately, yeah. there comes the point where it's like, yep, that's day and that's night, but there's a big space in between that's very liminal. So in the mm-hmm. big wheel of astrology, when you look at the great year, um, it takes 72 years to click one degree on the big wheel. Mm. So by my count, it's going to take 150 to 200 years to get through the transition, which means that the youngest child you know will still not uh, live to see the end of the transition. Right. So it doesn't matter where you draw the line in the sand said this is when it started or stopped. The actual time of change is broad. Yeah. Wow. Which means you get which means you get to begin your age of Aquarius anytime you like during this time period. That's really cool. And very comforting, I might add. Well, there's no point in in uh either being overly hopeful and saying any minute now this thing in the sky is gonna happen that's gonna make everybody glowy and ascendy. And it's also yeah. equally equally problematic and not productive to uh, say, oh, this is dire and terrible and uh, will will turn into a bad sci-fi horror movie. Yeah, it's funny that you mention that because, you know, not the sci-fi horror movie part, but the the Age of Aquarius part, because I kind of see people doing that in the same way that Christians say Jesus is coming. It's like, (laughs) listen... (laughs) <laughs> it, what's happening is what you're doing right now, you know, and waiting for that magical, you know, moment on the clock to happen is is really kind of you stop living your life if that's what you're waiting for. And well, it's about well, doing things it, in the moment. And you're not contributing. I mean, here's the part where I, I am going to be a little bit. I mean, mostly, I'm a hey, whatever you know, you do you. Whatever you want to do is fine, as long as it's not harmful and hurtful to others. Blah 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 blah. But I do right. believe in communal responsibility, and to mm-hmm. and and I do believe in in the in the old hundredth monkey kind of thing in the sense that the more people decide that. We are now entering into a different age and a different reality, and I'm going to start living and moving and building in that direction. We start turning the tide. We start breaking the inertia, the cultural inertia, the spiritual inertia to get things moving. So the more people decide to actually start following through on on living uh, in a way that reflects the future they'd like to see, mm-hmm. it's, it's good. For, it's better for all of us. Uh, and I agree with that. The problem is is that I don't think enough people agree on it at the same time enough to have an impact because I've seen people get discouraged very quickly because no one seems to be able to agree to start together. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I do, and um, this is the part where I'm going to be uh, ever so slightly flaky, and, and I'll say, and it still helps. I mean, I, I don't remember who told it to me sometime in the 70s, but it was basically the, the, the old uh, somebody playing Zen master. They weren't. But they basically did the uh, put a couple of pebbles in my hand. We were standing by a uh, pond and asked me to throw some pebbles uh-huh. in, the, in the water and basically said, well, did you see the water level rise? And I said, no. But logically you know that you added three pebbles, four pebbles to the water so that that means that the level of that pond rose. 
And the message was, you know, trust the weight of the pebble, and it doesn't matter as long as we keep all throwing in our, our, our work and throwing in our pebbles into the water or doing our work. It makes it easier for whenever it is that enough people actually do decide to do it together. Okay. All right. I got it. I get the message. It also it also sometimes me. sometimes ridiculous ideas of something positive and helpful for the world have to be beta alpha tested and beta tested by a bunch of people before enough people in the population decide that hey that might actually be a good idea. So yeah, mm, think of it as as, uh, as uh, we're we are doing proof of concept work all the time if we're on the bleeding cutting edge of these things. That's also true. I, you're so right. You know, this is why we need people who are smarter than I am, because I always learn something. And it's I don't think it's about. No, I don't think it's about. I don't think it's about smart. I think that that uh, I, I have had uh, enough horrible and enough really positive experiences in my life to uh, to have a, a a good reservoir of. Uh, uh, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Um, you know, I, I, no, no. I mean, I, I think I've built up a reservoir, so when bad things happen, I bounce back pretty fast. And when something frustrates me, I bounce back pretty fast. But I, but I, yeah. but I kind of collect those things. I mean, uh, we were talking about how listening to music to get myself pumped up and energized prior to things, tuning into yeah. other people's energy. Man, I, I, I have like a whole little memory bank. You know uh, how people do the uh, memory palace thing to organize their memories? Create yeah, the, I've heard uh, of it. Like, create, basically create places in their mind that are like little astral temples or little uh, imaginary mm-hmm. places where you have uh, collect uh, objects for the purpose of memory usually. But I also have a place, I have a garden in my head um, where, where uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've, put, I've put good memories and, and good uh, things that I need so, so I can uh, recharge a bit. So I, it's also where I go. It's, it's also where I go, and you know things are really dreadful, and, and I need to figure out. You know, like a month and a half ago, I literally was in a hospital bed um, doing the checklist, saying, "Yep, yep, yep, I've had a good run. I've had a good life. If it, if, if uh, this is the last last night, it's good." So obviously, mm-hmm. that's not the way it played out. Uh, and by the way, universal health care for everybody, because the only reason I went to the hospital was because I have health care through my husband. And if I didn't, mm-hmm. I would have waited for another day and another day would have been enough to kill me. Wow. So Amazing. universal health care for everybody. Yes, anyway, I agree. But, but, but we do have uh, the capacity to uh, make change. And I think that though there may be in any time or place individuals that uh, um, end up at that cutting edge or end up being at the right, wrong place to be a pivot point for change. Honestly, the change that sticks in society comes from lots of us deciding. And it's better when we all decide at once, but or enough of us, but honestly, it still makes a difference. Even the that ones makes that me hopeful. I, I, yeah, I, honestly, I'm hopeful, I, and I actually like human beings, and I think the reason I'm hopeful and I like human beings is that I don't shy away from understanding all the bad parts. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. I think people don't like, still, even though it's part of everything and you can't have 
one without the other and for there to be balance in the universe you have to recognize all things but I think considering the level of horrors that we've seen over the last year and the last four years in my opinion um, sure. it, get, it gets difficult to balance and it gets difficult to see horror after horror after horror so I think folks are just really weary at this point of a lot of things. And I think we, we're all maybe a little bit overly sensitized because of all of the terrible things that have happened in the last four years. And it's not that these are the only four bad years in history, but sure. these have been probably some of the crappiest as far as human rights and you know, how people treat each other and the things that society has allowed to to be okay, things that I certainly didn't think would ever be okay again. Um, and I've been really horrified at my fellow human mm-hmm. and the level of depravity. So I've I've kind of been having a struggle because now that my eyes have been so incredibly open to the horrors, um, even though we're entering something new, the horrors are still there. And I think it it's not a good idea to sweep it under the rug, but oh, no. it's, it's hard oh, to no. look at. You know, it's, it's still difficult. It is. It is still difficult. Um, and the first, but it's the first part of, of, of any healing process. And even though um, it, the healing is not the only analogy for this, it is a useful mm-hmm. one because uh, you, unless you are aware of the infection, unless you are aware of the injury, unless you are, are aware of um, of the problem or the pain, it can't be addressed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, you know, and, and here's the part where I'm saying it's not all healing because some parts of it uh, really, um, like I had a friend who had a very hard time uh, a few nights back. And and part of it was because she was uh, hoping for uh, educational fix things over time. And, and after these last couple of years, she's pretty clear that, well, maybe that didn't work. Yeah. Or, and then she went, well... You know, um, the change of the change of, of generations will will fix the problem. It's like, honey, every generation has been hoping that uh, that uh, they have to just wait wait out the oldsters to die out, and then everything will be fine. And it's never worked before. Why should it work again? So true. Oh my gosh, that's so true. I have that conversation every month. Ugh. Well, you're, you're and, so right. Yeah. But, but 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 the way to point, but but what I did, and this is where you also have to do, you know, fierce truth kind of stuff. And I said, yeah. so fine. So I so I, I sent her a, a series of, of pictures of who were the, and, and I say, attend please. What 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 age group does this group uh, do you see present at this protest that are that are that are of the uh, right wing crazy fascist variety? Mm-hmm. It, and, and not that there aren't older people, but there's a remarkably high percentage of young people as well. Mm-hmm. It's true. The point, the point, the point is that the, the human world um, changes slowly, and that uh, it, progress is not inevitable. Evolution is not well. Evolution is just adaptation, 
but progress uh, right. or spiritual evolution are different things altogether. So, no, it takes it takes effort to make sure that um, every generation you reduce as much as you can certain kinds of of uh, uh, of, of banes. Well, I don't know a better way to put it, but it doesn't naturally arise that uh, every generation will be will be more uh, enlightened. That's just not the way it works. And every generation discovers new ways to mess things up. That's so true. If we really wanted to uh, look at this more carefully, then who are your actual uh, uh, co- cohorts? Not your age group, but who are the other people that um, have similar politics or similar religion or similar perspectives as you do? Those are your people. Did you ever read yeah. uh, any uh, Kurt Vonnegut? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, yeah, though I'm, right now I'm thinking Grand Falloon. Is that a term that... Not uh, familiar. So in one of his novels, he comes up with this term um, for those things in society that appear to be real things but are based in, 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 uh, in nothing. Oh. And and uh, I, I'm going to say that generations, as as a social construct, and that's what they are, a social construct, do not serve us well. Are actually being used as a tool to divide the people that are the progressives within each age cohort. Interesting. Yeah, I can see that. There's been a lot of breakdown in the last four years. I, I think more than I'd ever noticed fed. before. It's been, it's been fed as well, and it's been true in every generation. But but the thing is right. That that uh, what matters uh, is is what 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 of our points can we agree on to work together? And I know you were going to. We're not going to have time, but I'm going to say something about. Uh, you, you said that uh, you had asked other uh, guests about what does it mean to be an elder. Yeah. I'm just going to throw in this little bit. So it's not about being a particular age. Um, though, though often it, it is connected to have a, having acquired uh, experience, but it's not about acquiring wisdom or experience with age. It means being around long enough for people to identify that, on average, your behavior is better than average for um, stick-to-itiveness and caring and forward motion. Uh-huh. It's a, it's the observation period to figure out, is this somebody that we can turn to when we need help or advice? So I will say Good. that I will say that elder is used in a lot of different ways, but the way I view it as in my primary definition in my head is you are an elder to a specific cluster of people, to a community that has known you and watched you or, or, or been a part of your life for an extended period of time. I get... When you throw out the idea of somebody being an elder who you don't know personally but has uh, or have worked with personally but has a bunch of books out or has taught a bunch of workshops or whatever, you may be identifying that person as an important teacher in your life. But I think elder, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the sense that we use it uh, in our tradition, has to be somebody that you actually have, that actually is part of your community, and community also means uh, actual contact as in local to you to some degree. Interesting. Okay. Because I think we confuse those words. I mean, because uh, honestly, there there are people in the community that, and we use the term elder loosely because it's the one we got handy. 
but honestly, wouldn't it be better to think of them as a, a professor of of of, uh, of magical arts, or a teacher of, or a uh, counselor of, or some other title? Because we're using elder as as the as the catch-all honorific in some cases, and attaching it loosely yeah. to the concept of how old you are. Because you know, eight years don't necessarily mean wisdom or experience depending upon the life that the individual has chosen to live. But it does take years of observing somebody to decide if they're consistently doing good or if they're consistently doing their best or if they're a hard worker for their community. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, that's that's another perspective, absolutely. And I, I agree with you, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for just watching and, and seeing, I mean, people will tell you who they are and then you have to, you know, spend some time paying attention to see if that's who they actually are. You know? Yep. And, 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 uh, well, well, and the thing is that, um, we are still a very young community in terms of creating a culture of how to deal with these things. And we are many traditions Mm -hmm. and many paths and many different approaches to things. So there's not even a common ground to base these things on. That's true. Yeah. You're right. Wow. And we are almost out of time. I I can't believe this. Oh, my gosh. Eva, thank you so much. Please tell folks how to find you and the name of the book again, and I know it's yep. coming out June 1st. So uh, the easiest way to get me is uh, evodominguezjr.com. I mean, um, that's probably the easiest way, and you can find me on Facebook and also on Instagram as well. It's The Four Elements of the Wise uh, coming out uh, June 1st, end of May from Wiser Books. Um, I've got a bunch of other books out. And, hey, if you read my stuff, please leave reviews uh, wherever you can because that makes a big difference in in, uh, readership. Yes, Yule is coming. Buy gifts, buy books. (laughs) Yay. Eva, thank you again. I will talk to you again hopefully uh, just before the next book comes out or when the next book comes out. That would be great. Until then. Be blessed, and thank you so much for coming and spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. That was great, Raina. Always fun talking. Uh, Thanks, Dave. take care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. All right, everybody. I will be back tomorrow morning, 1030 a.m., with Dawn Aurora Hunt. We're going to be talking about A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance. So please join me tomorrow, and I will see you then. Have a great night, everyone.